Mild Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim. And today we are going to discuss If This Gets Out by Kale Dietrich. I would say probably Dietrich. Dietrich, Dietrich yeah. okay. As Sophie And Sophie Gonzalez, and it was published in 2015 by Macmillan. Both Kale and Sophie are from Australia and specialize in young adult fiction. Come on, 2015? Yes. That can't be. My research tells me it is. May I continue? <laughs> no. That can't be right. Why? I feel like it came out recently. 2015 was, you know, seven years ago. There's no Originally published right. November 27th, 2015. I need to go. I don't know what's going on anymore. Time just slips that, away. Because I remember you went to Barnes & Noble and you picked up that book for me when it came out. If this gets out? Yes. No, that's not what I picked up for you. Or at least that hadn't it had been out for a while. I did not pick that up for you for in 2015. That's why I'm confused. But you did pick it up. I guess I did, but but because you were like, oh, maybe I'll get a copy. I was like, I don't think you're gonna like it. And then you ended up getting a different book instead. Okay, anyway. I think that's a different book. That was no, different no, book. no, okay. no. I think what it is, is they did a second publishing on it in 2021. I think it may have switched publishers. I would have to uh, dig deeper, but this okay. this one here on Goodreads, it's citing St. Martin's Publishing Group, December 7th, 2021. Okay. Um, oh, you know what? It also could be because they're Australian. Maybe it published in 2015 in Australia. And then published in the United States in 2021. Okay, that would make sense because I remember it had just come out and I was like, oh, if you're going to Barnes & Noble. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, it originally published in 2015. Now that you've had a complete panic, um, I do want to remind everyone we have previously discussed Sophie um, when we did Perfect on Paper. And then just as kind of a little piece of information, Kale's debut novel was The Love Interest. Um, And I apologize if I am saying that first name wrong I'm, I'm ass- yeah i'm assuming it's like the plant because it's c-a-l c-a-l it's kale yeah. yeah yeah okay and then the plot for if this gets out is saturday is the most popular boy band in the world perfectly designed to be teenage heartthrobs to girls but although they could get any girl they want reuben has never been interested in them and now zach is starting to wonder if he is straight worse he may be falling for his friend and bandmate so, Kim, what did you think of this book? It was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't great. It okay. was. It was middle of the road, young. No, I'm not gonna say young adult, but young. No, it was a young adult book. Okay, you are correct. Young adult love. I mean, they were teenagers, literally. So yeah, no, I I think the only thing that I would say that this has a little bit more over a lot of these types of books is they were actually trying to address very specific issues. Yeah. And I, 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 I felt that those issues and, and I'm thinking of one in particular because it's something that I have knowledge of, which is how, uh, record companies treat their, their, talent. Uh, their talent. And, um, I thought it was a little superficial They They could have, they, could have gone much more deeper into it explained a little bit more um but yeah it was it was it wasn't impossible to read so okay what about you sarah i enjoyed it okay 
Was it like one of your top tier favorites in terms of? Because you, you, this is more your kind of preferred. Yeah. Um, books. This book. This book. If mm, I did end up enjoying it quite a bit, but it was kind of a journey to get there. Because I remember when I started reading it. Um, I just automatically was comparing it to the other two books I've read by Sophie Gonzalez, um, which is perfect on paper, but also enormously devastated. And at first I was kind of like thinking that this was the weakest of those, Mm -hmm. of the three, I guess. Uh, And then as it kind of progressed, I started to get more invested. It was kind of just like a steady buildup the whole way, because then like partway through I was like, okay, I actually think I like this better than only mostly devastated. Um, and then I still, Perfect on Paper is still my favorite, but by the end of it, I was like, okay, actually, I did think that was pretty good. It had more substance than I was expecting, certainly, um, because I put off reading it, thinking it was going to be light and quick, and, uh, and then I opened it and I was like, this is actually pretty dense text here for a young adult. Rom-com. Is it a rom-com or just romance? I would I, say straight romance. Yeah, I don't think. Well, yeah, I didn't think well yeah, you mean by straight romance is it's a romance story, not a combo of something. Because you said straight romance, and I want to clarify it's not a hetero romance. Right, I didn't say hetero. Anyway. I, I, know, I, just, I know, no. Yeah. I, no, I just meant it, it's not a rom-com. There's no yeah. comedy in no. this. Pure romance. Pure Contemporary okay. romance, I think, is what right. we could classify it as. Um... So I, by the end, was pleasantly surprised. I didn't hate it. It's not something that I'll likely read again. Um, and part of it was, for me, we started out with one book, it feels like, and the focus of it was miscommunication. Yeah, I got to that part and I was like, oh, Amberly is going, hey, a <laughs> hundred pages of them just not engaging in a conversation. Um, And that was driving me nuts. And then suddenly we shifted gears and we were less about the romance and more about the band struggle. And I was really interested in that. But then by the time we got there and, and that started to like escalate, suddenly we were back on the romance and kind of still on the band. So I, I, I somehow felt like I was reading three step separate books pushed together and I didn't know until I was getting into the last third of it that it was actually two different writers, which then suddenly made sense why we had such, like, like, offshooting stories. Divergent. Yeah, divergent stories going on simultaneously. Except um, for I would argue that that wouldn't have anything to do with the two writers because they followed an arc together. Yeah, it, yeah. If it was it divergent just, based on the two writers... One writing for one character and one writing for the other character would be telling different stories. Yeah, but there were times where I felt like it was pretty cohesive, but there were times where I was like, why does Ruben in one situation feel like this? And then you're getting it from Zach's point of view and it feels very different. And that's because Sophie wrote Ruben, Kale wrote Zach. And so sometimes the characters did not... But two people wouldn't merge. I I actually thought... I thought that was actually handled really well in well, the book. I didn't realize it was two different writers. Yeah, um, characterizations kind of were were really minor things. That every once in a while, I was like, "Really, this isn't what you've established for Ruben," and suddenly he's acting a particular way. But I think then, that came more across as as Zach's perception yeah, of Ruben's behavior. Yeah, 
rather than actually Ruben's behavior. Yeah, it is still so, kind of... I, yeah, that part worked for me. Yeah, for me it was a little muddy, but more so it was the miscommunication, then the focus on the band, and then the ending. <laughs> I don't know how to classify it. Um, which I, the ending I was impressed with. Um, I was, I was pleasantly surprised with Zach's whole discovering of how he wanted to handle all of that. Um, and how the two characters then finally come together. But it was really weird because I couldn't help but in the middle when they were doing all the band stuff, uh, looking at it, I was like, this is really kind of superficial on how they were handling it in comparison to another book I've read, which is Daisy Jones and the Six. And that one was like brilliant. And was looking at drug use and bands and people interacting, you know, band members interacting together and, and how that can, you know, shape and work and not work. And, um, so this felt like a very like watered down version of that. And I was actually more interested in the band struggle aspect of it than I was in the romance aspect of it. So. I, I would say my, my biggest complaint when it comes to all of this is Zach and Ruben were so predominant in all of this that it made um, uh, Angel and what was the John. other? John superficial and it's unfortunate. Yeah. You know, you know, two writers, let's, let's get four writers and let's, let's throw this together and, or, and you know, each writer take two characters. two characters and let's get some points of view outside well, of just the two. It is, it is Zach and... Yeah, I know it's, it's their love story, but I, I would have liked to have, have known John and Angel's actual take on what was happening. Yeah. Did they know or were they really as clueless as they came across as to not realizing what was going on between the two? Um... It would have been nice, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Angel knew all along. I think that yeah. came across, but I, I don't know, John. I just, I liked those characters just as much as I liked Ruben and Zach. And if you have a band with four characters, I, I would have liked. Yeah, four characters' points of views. Yeah. And precisely, I think it would have been interesting to have the struggle of when you have two people who you know very well clearly starting a relationship, how do you navigate their relationship and how it affects your livelihood. Right. Um, I think that would have been kind of interesting. And I even might have preferred that to the whole angel on drugs. It might have been more interesting to focus more on John and Angel navigating that as well, as opposed to having the drug storyline right in the middle of it. I think if if the, the John and Angel's focus would have been almost completely on Zach and Ruben, I think it would have it would have made the story too focused on the romance. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it was. I, I would have been annoyed if it, <laughs> if it had jumped because around between like, the different. If you're writing a story that's supposed to be about these two characters, I don't want to have to jump to these other perspectives. It's just, it's going to make everything else more shallow because you're going to spend less time with the main characters. You're going to get these perspectives, which might not have anything to do, like, either they're going to focus on the romance, too. It's like, why are we, like, is this necessary? Or it's not. And then it's just a, a tertiary storyline that's not really, is it bringing anything to the table? Well, so, I mean, was Angel being on drugs really bringing anything to the table? Yeah, as it was showing the stress on the band. Okay. Oh, I, I, but doing, so. I agree completely with what you're saying, too. I just, I thought the Angel storyline was an interesting storyline. I would have liked that. Yeah. And I thought the John storyline was actually quite, and yeah. it that one was so 
down low no, that John, it was. John character was kind of. I would have liked to see more of John because mm-hmm. other than the fact that he's like the goody two shoes of the band or whatever. Like, there's not much else. No, I, I found it interesting that he was truly wanting to be a goody two-shoes. And that's yeah. that's a take that a lot of writers won't take with a character. Yeah. You don't want somebody to desire to be reserved and not, um, not sexy. I can't think of yeah. a better way to phrase it. Meanwhile, his dad's trying to push him into this role because he wants, his dad wants him to be the the, the, the one that, yeah the yeah. heartthrob of the thing and he's just like i just don't want to do this shit you know yeah um yeah it was i mean it was an interesting story yeah and i okay so let's let's break it down by character i think um because then we can start getting into like the plot details and stuff as opposed to circling around it so we'll start with ruben what did you guys think of ruben I liked Ruben. He was um, he was probably the easiest for me to identify with, just because he was a bit more in his own skin from mm-hmm. the from the get go. Yeah, and, and he he was like the most stable character. Yeah. Well, I mean, John was pretty stable, but yeah, yeah, he was, was also not right predominant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he he was he he knew who he was. He knew why he was in the situation he was in, and. He knew he wanted out of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it made a nice contrast. You kind of don't usually get um, an in-depth um, homosexual relationship where one of them is just very aware of who they are mm-hmm. and is willing to recognize that the difficulty of coming out is is something you have to respect. Yeah, um, He never wanted to push... And then he panned when he thought he did. Yeah, yeah, and and recognized. Oops, I may have, I may have, I may not be letting him think for himself. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that was a really, I thought it was a really interesting way to write that story. It was. Um, well, and I liked uh, his struggle with his mom. I think that really took a character and added a bit of depth to him. I, I thought she was a little over the top, but. Yeah, she she felt over the top, but the struggle of you know. It, it, am I like her? Yeah, I liked that. It's trying to well, that, that kind of came, that kind of that actually that part kind of came out of out of the woodwork for me. It it wasn't. Um, he didn't do any behaviors that would make him seem like her until yeah. they suddenly wrote it in. Yeah. So I thought that was a little. Yeah, I will say the one thing that kind of just I don't know it just sometimes disappoints me was the fact that of course he was the straight up gay. And theater, theater musical was his obsession. Like, he's such a tried and true, like, it's such a constant trope that just because you're gay does not mean that you are obsessed with musical theater. Yeah, I don't think that's the way they were going with it. I think that was more of the long line since he was a very skilled singer. We- and... John's father was trying to keep him down so that he could raise John up. Yeah. Um, it's just like his favorite album was a musical. It, like, I just, I would have liked yeah. not such a trope. What about you, Sarah? How, how would... would not like the book can't have fit with the actor. The, actor, <laughs> the, the writer is. I just read that one, though. Um, uh, but that was by a gay author. And he had things to say about... Um, 
that. Good things or bad things? Well, disagreeing with your point, pretty much. Um, but <laughs> that it's not a trope? Well, but that it's okay. Oh, no, no, no. So, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine if it's, like, what's being addressed. But, like, we weren't... It, it was just an element to his character. Not really, like, if the book was focused on him coming to terms with his love of musicals, totally fine. I get it. You're, you're finding your way in the world. In this, it was just a way to flesh out a character. To explain why he did something and just falling onto the trope. Like, if he'd been bisexual and into music theater, okay, that's slightly different. That's not the expected. I'm kind of cool with that. Um, but... The gay man who loves musical theater, a little more diversity in your gay man would be nice in life. <laughs> That's just my feeling. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're talking about Ruben now, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, I liked Ruben. He was probably my favorite of the characters. Um, he did seem the most, well, again, except for John, but uh, he was like the most down to earth, um, most solid. Uh, yeah, and his mom, his relationship with his mom, uh, she was definitely a little over the top or maybe a little exaggerated, but at the same time, if she's the parent of, like, a famous kid, I guess I can kind of... Well, and, and then remembering always, because as we were talking and I had already I'd said she was over the top, I, I have to remind myself, this is from his perspective. And she's the depiction of a normal, like, momager yeah expectant you know it's it's really all about the mom manager not actually about the kid kind of attitude i felt like um again not necessarily offering a lot of depth to that dynamic but just relying on something that people can look at and recognize so so i'll 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 kind of go into this a little bit because i kind of was a mom major but, but you weren't that kind of right but having been in a situation where i am Momager, mm-hmm. and then having this this child then express something to you, but at the moment that they express that thing, you're in manager mode, and you don't give the appropriate response, mm-hmm. um, because the 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 child doesn't know that there's manager time and there's mom Mom time and that as manager time, you have to respond a certain way because you have to protect them in that situation. Yeah. Um, And there clearly was that duality trying to be expressed there. Right. Between when Ruben was like, there are times where like, she and I are great together and and, and I can rely on like a mom. And there are other times when she doesn't feel like, and I've been literally in that situation to where I had something expressed to me. I responded as a manager and it was not meant to oh, be. Oh, and then years later, yeah, years later it came up and, and it was like, holy shit, I had no clue what we were talking about at that point because I was in this mode and you had switched to this mode and you didn't you didn't let me know. Yeah. And so it's it's hard. It's yeah. hard being a manager. But this isn't like Lindsay Lohan level shit. This no. is I mean, her mom was into the fame. Yeah. Um, well, and I think that's kind of the weird hint that they were trying to. Go I didn't get these, that at but all. But not quite. It, I didn't get that yeah, at all. It was, but, uh, yeah, like I said, it was a weird. Uh, I think that's like what they were playing with, but like trying to keep it not quite so like awful. All right. So 
we do we have any more things to say about Reuben? Or do we discuss Reuben to a good point? I think so. Unless you have more to say about I him. don't think I... I don't remember what I was saying last year. If I was speaking... <laughs> I like, you, were, you said the last thing, but... You said the last... She was talking, and then I paused us, so... Um, yeah, like, right after you said something. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Zach, then. What were you guys' feelings on Zach? I enjoyed... Zach discovering his bisexuality. I thought okay. that was I thought it was pretty well written. Um, it got a little tedious as he kept talking about all the girls, and it's just like, okay, we get it. You like girls, we get it. You like guys. Wish you would get it that you like them both, but we'll get there eventually. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was. You don't usually get a lot of coming to realization about being bi stories you usually they either already know they're bi or or it's just like an epiphany drop and then life continues on. yeah yeah that felt like an epiphany drop though which one of them was bi i don't remember alex the american the american okay you gotta guide me you have dumped so many characters on me in the past year and how long have we been doing this? I'm just like, yeah, I have no idea which, which who's who. They all have the same name. But yeah, no, I thought it was, I thought it was, I enjoyed doing an LGBTQ story that was from a bisexual point of view rather than a straight. I liked it from being a male bisexual. I don't yeah. think we've really done a male bisexual. No, from a straight point of view. God, okay. will you guys quit focusing on straight? I don't. I don't. I don't categorize being heterosexual as straight. I, that that terminology went away in my brain years ago. I know. I I I don't always finish my sentences. Like just straight, like straight homosexual. Yes, straight homosexual story rather than a coming at it as a bisexual story. Read any LGBTQ books? Like, <laughs> heterosexual. Heterosexual standpoint. <laughs> someone walking around yeah. other people's relationships. I was about ready to say, you know, heterosexuals have stories too, <laughs> but I fully recognize Sarah Breathe. I fully recognize that. Hopefully, people will see the irony in what I said, and that I, I, I don't actually believe that. It's <laughs> because not heteronormativity. Anyway, <laughs> you get a heteronormative story. Can you, can you story swallow? Yeah, you I got there. I'd have to get you a whole new cup. <laughs> oh, too funny. Uh, <sighs> okay. I can only, you know, do those one-liners when it comes to our immediate family because everyone understands my know, my, my sarcasm. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. How did you feel about Zach? Zach. Zachary. Zachariah. <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense. Um, <laughs> Zach was... Okay, so... I understood him as a character... But he did annoy me, um, because he is just the absolute worst at communication. Oh my god, I'm so But, communication. again, wow. I totally understand that, because I am basically the same way. 
<laughs> but I also am very annoyed at myself. So it was almost inevitable that I would also be annoyed at Zach. But, I mean, I did like him. I just, at times, I was like, oh, I know what you're going through. And I know why you don't want to say these things, but you just, you gotta do it. Yeah. Um, so, that's really funny. Because I was the exact opposite. I quite liked Zach. But Ruben getting upset about Zach trying to decide what he wants to do. I was like, really, Ruben? You told him to do what he needs to do. And then you're like, he's not talking to me. He asked for space. <laughs> that so, that I did, that was really a weird point in the book. Yeah. The whole, give and, me time and space. And then and panicking. Then we, because he was trying to obtain time and space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But again, these he are. He might two- not have interpreted space as being like all contact stopping. He might have just been thinking like not talking about that particular. Person. And well, and that's yeah, and that's yeah, what I think but- Zach wanted was just let's not talk about this right now. Yeah. And then Ruben went, "You want space, okay?" And then he's like trying to yeah physically like, get in space. Like of the two of them, I was like, it was reasonable that Zach, you know, acted and then went. Holy shit, what did I do? And needed to think about what it meant for him. And Ruben's like, yeah, yeah, think about you. Think about you. Figure out what you need to do. And then went, oh God, he's not talking to me about this right now. And I'm like. Well, that's really typical when it, when two people get into I know, but it an made argument. Me, yeah. made me like Ruben less. And because it's the beginning of the book, it really did make me struggle to. That didn't strike me as really the beginning of the book. but oh, The first hundred pages. It happened in the first hundred pages. Yes. Um, and it Again, drove me nuts. I have just no physical it concept. It just kept trying to escalate, like, the miscommunication more and more, and, like, was trying to up the ante on it, and I just, I don't like miscommunication storylines, uh, and I just want to be, like... sometimes they are kind of realistic, They are sometimes realistic, but at the same time, I want to be like, will you guys just fucking talk or not talk? But I'm tired of listening to the two of you try to decide whether or not you should talk. <laughs> and trying to assess the other person's emotions based off the fact that you are currently not talking. So. And I, I appreciated Zach's struggle to fit into the boy band. When he really wasn't a boy band kind of person. Wasn't his music. Wasn't how he wanted to dress himself. Um, I don't think any of them were who they wanted to be based yeah, on the boy band yeah, because they were like created by somebody. That and, Yeah, and but that's, I do think what these three characters, everyone excluding Zach, they, they were like doing the, the camp thing. Right? Yeah, um, yeah. And I think they had prior experience, or at least John was from the music business. This, yeah. Dad. Angel, I don't remember what. I don't know either. I didn't know John. He knew Zach, right? He knew Zach and Buggies? Uh, no, I think he knew Reuben, but I don't remember. I think Reuben was sense. the catalyst that brought them. Okay. He, Reuben pulled the other two toward, or, yeah, the other two towards meeting John. Because Reuben knew who John was yeah. from the very beginning, thanks to his mother. Um, which is just. But. <laughs> Um, but but yes. John knew that that yeah. was the one redeeming quality in all of that because at first when they started going over that where where Reuben told Zach that he knew yeah who John, John was, was from the beginning he th- he then said but I told John 
Yeah. Um, and and I yeah, was. It was like straight animal. Yeah, yeah. I I was gonna be pissed if they were gonna go down that that road. Right. I'm just like of John having to find out that all three of them pretty much used him. Yeah. Yeah, like, Danny. you didn't get that kind of drama. Like, yeah. For the most part, granted, John and Angel butted heads, and they had a kind of a tenuous relationship, but they were still all well, I think that was personality differences. Yeah. There. Not yeah. so much a dislike of each other, just... I, I that's the one quality, because it's, it's the thing I respect a lot in bands, is mm-hmm. when um, you find out that they're really dedicated to each other and being a unit as a as a band and, yeah. and that's the one quality that they wrote into these the, these four boys that i i appreciated because it's you they tend you tend to well in, in reality you have bands that you have conflicting personalities they tend to conflict and but you have there are some bands out there that have yes. just tried and true no matter what we're doing in private we make a decision together we yeah. do it together um yeah, you tell her, Danny. Um, but yeah, so I just like I have. Sh- What's that? I'm trying to keep her to sh- <laughs> shutting up. Um, but yeah, so I actually, oddly enough, like Zach better mm-hmm. than Ruben. Um, and I liked his self. His was very much an exploration of self-identification. What was his music? What was his role? What was his identity? Um, so I could appreciate it. And then I, it, I actually teared up when he then took control of deciding who he wanted to be. Cutting his hair, oddly enough, him cutting his hair how he wanted it to be, that made me tear up. Not him so much running off to go, you know, show his love for Ruben. The haircut. <laughs> <laughs> that was, like, <laughs> the moment for me. Um, but, so I, I appreciated Zach more. Um. I don't know that he was necessarily more dynamically written. I just, I liked that character better. I would agree. He wasn't very dynamically written. I no. But he, he did have an interesting storyline. Yeah. So, and I thought all of it being kind of tied to that self-awareness um, was, was interesting. Honestly, actually, sorry, he probably was my favorite character. I think Angel was my favorite character, oddly enough. Um... I liked Angel. <laughs> he was. I I oh, would. Yeah, yeah. I would like to go through it and because he seemed to be really really snarky at times and then not so snarky at times. I would like to, if I ever got into it, it actually. When he was being, or when he was high and when he was not high. Or it might have been which one of the two writers was writing him in yeah. their their chapters. That's where I was gonna say you know it would be interesting to go in okay he was funny snarky here who could handle writing him better yeah which one since they shared that responsibility or they both understood angel really well and it was both of them yeah writing him snarky yeah but i'm not gonna go back into the book that deeply and and evaluate which writer was writing Um, this tertiary character okay so then the thing we haven't discussed is the management company situation the level of control that they had going on, my God. I it, I know it's it's pretty realistic, but my oh, God. So let me, because this is the thing that I felt that they kind of got a little um, superficial on. Mm-hmm. So in the music industry, when Napster was created and streaming music 
was something that people were sharing with the world at no cost, music companies had to come up with a way to make money. And they created what is called a 360 contract. And these contracts um, take control of 360% of a person's life. So if you're in a band and you have a 360 contract, um, if you take a photo and you post it online, that photo belongs to the record company. So if you're at the park with your buddy and you take a photo and you post it online, they own it. You don't own it. Even though it's your photo, your free time, you're not doing anything for the band. And these are, they're called 360 contracts and it is, they are debilitating to these artists um, to the point where, and, and I know it's, it's like the joke thing, but um, Prince literally changed his name so that he could then record music under a different name because then he wasn't under his contract as Prince. He was, I can't remember, the artist formerly known as Prince, I think is what, and he he did that in order to regain control of his life because he had a 360 contract um, and had no control. Taylor Swift is going through, went through a whole process where um, during COVID, she re-recorded her previous music so that she owned it again. Yeah. Because she didn't have because she rights. didn't have the rights, but that gets into a real thing with yeah. with a, a particular, particular guy person. trying to well, control her life. And then another example that's actually coming out is Halsey had a song she wanted to release, um, and her company said only if it goes viral on TikTok will we allow you to re- release this song. If it doesn't go viral, it's not worth us releasing it. Mm. So she literally went on TikTok and said, "I want to release this song, but they won't let me unless it goes viral." I have to have viral content to warrant them including this. Yeah, it's um so that's the new thing is if 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 a song doesn't go viral, they don't want before before they actually put in true effort to marketing it. Yeah. They will not market it until it goes viral. Oh, I hate social media so much. <laughs> oh yeah. Well and then and then just um so you know, everyone talks about how disgusting and dirty the acting industry is, and it is. The music industry is 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 a level that is and nobody even knows because it's yeah. impossible to talk about. They own three hundred sixty percent of their lives. They can't talk about it. Yeah. Um, so this was portrayed really well in there. I I wish they'd have got the writers had gone harder on it. I think yeah. they would have. I I think it could have been. But again, I like my stories to go a bit darker than a lot of what we read. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to put in that much detail into a YA. Moment. I know, but I. It does make me wonder if you would enjoy reading Daisy Jones and the Six. We might have to I, do Actually, that you one. mentioned it and I went, hmm. Why I are might... you face palming? <laughs> I might oh, enjoy I'm that. Oh, I'm so excited. Do you <laughs> yes. know anything about Daisy Jones and the Six? I already know I'm not going to like it. Why? Why? What about the name Daisy Jones and the Six? <laughs> I just, it's going to be, oh God. It'll be fine. <laughs> Hey, I'm not making you read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I mean, that's a start. We could. <laughs> she does have her birthday book pick I coming know. up. Yeah, I know. 
But then, you know, if we do that, then we have to do Daisy Jones and the Six, and then we have to do Malibu Rising, and there's another one coming out. Because they're okay, all anyway, like, let it all go. Care. I just don't care about these things. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to I, I, th- that I wanted a bit, a bit darker of a story. Um, yeah. And I think they tried to bring in the dark with the drug use, but they were so superficial even about the drug use. It's like 30 days of rehab is not going to make somebody um, no longer addicted to drugs. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. Especially at the quantity that they were implying. Well, they didn't follow for very long afterwards. So it's like, he's doing okay. Yeah. For now, he's doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it almost like got sugar-coated. It was like, oh, it's a problem in order to escalate the main characters. Yeah. But it was, let's put them off in rehab. Oh no, we have a couple months where we don't know what's going to happen to us. And then we're all back together and eh, he's still got to sort things out, but he's back with us. So it's all yeah, we're gonna make icing better. on the cake as opposed to being a completely and utterly triggering thing, which is why a lot of the times these musicians, actors wow. yeah. keep going back to it is because they keep ending up with the same people, the same situations. Yep. The, the odds are not in his favor to succeed at staying sober for the rest of his life. Especially since now they're going to be not managed to yeah. the extent that they were. Yeah. Um, because now all of those people that want to glom onto his life because he's this superstar kid, they're going to make it much easier for him to get access yeah. to the things that he shouldn't have access to. So... Uh... Anything else about the management? I thought the dad capitulated way too quickly. Oh, at very end. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, quick quick resolve to this story. Um, they're making money, so now I want them back. Yeah. And, and then... Well, if he's entirely money motivated. Yeah. It did still seem a little too easy, but then maybe there was legal stuff also happening that the characters weren't aware of. Yeah. So yeah. They talk about like, getting these good lawyers and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, and the other management company saying that they were willing to take, implying that they were willing to take them on, even though they weren't going to make money for two albums. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. The, the, I think that was a pretty, I think a management company would take on the right band. I mean, it's yeah. the number one band. Yeah, yeah, they're supposed to be. What What was the name of the band you said? They remind me of One Direction. Right. So if they're One Direction, which I, I know who they are vaguely um but they're that level of popularity backstreet boy i think that's supposed to be the level of yeah yeah notoriety um you say this like i know who the fuck in sync and backstreet boys are i mean i've heard of them but i don't know all right yeah no (laughs) you don't get the very popular in the 90s Yes. Yeah, they were popular when I was having young kids. I was working at a, wherever I was working, and this young girl comes in, and she's like, she's got pins all over her jacket, and I'm like, who are all that? <gasps> you don't know who this is? It was either Backstreet Boys or NSYNC. I have no I mean, idea. And fair, she couldn't believe that I, I didn't don't know like really the difference between them. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I had friends, um, <laughs> these two girls who really liked one of the bands. I don't know that I ever knew which band it was at the time. I certainly don't know now. It's like it was either Instinct or Backstreet Boys. And like, Honestly, the only two names that I know of, and they may have they, been the same band they or different bands, way... Lance Bass and Justin Timberlake. I they seem way too old for you guys. Okay, because when they were popular, was late you... 90s, early aughts. 
No, it was when you were born. No. no. Not the 89. No. No, I was at least 10 because this was after I moved is when I met these girls. And so. Yeah, no, it, that that was. No, 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 no. Because. Oh, yeah. It would have to be. Yeah, late 90s, early aughts. Yeah, okay. late 90s, early aughts. So. Uh, they were established active from 1995 for NSYNC. Maybe I'm thinking. Justin Timberlake and Matt Sebastian. Justin Timberlake was in. Maybe I'm thinking of a different band and I know I'm sorry. She kept talking and I couldn't, I couldn't, my brain couldn't. Um, I don't know what year Backstreet Boys were, but it was like the same year because it's not coming up really quickly. Uh, and Lance. Was in NSYNC as well. Okay. I know who I'm thinking of. Who were you thinking thinking of? Um, Probably 98 Degrees, New Kids on the Block. You're thinking of New Kids on the Block. 98 yeah. Degrees was the same time as these two. Were they? Yes, because we saw them in Japan. New Kids on the Block. Yeah, I'm thinking of New Kids on oh, the you're Block. You're thinking of New Kids on the Block, yeah. Yeah, formed in the band in the 80s. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but these I, guys... I, this, I never listened to this shit. And then, I... there's, then there's the infamous one that we hear about all the fucking time and I would give anything if I had a different last name and that's the oh, band Hanson. Oh, it's spelled with an O. Are you related to them? No. No, I'm not. Why? I'm Just not. because my last name it is Hanson, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, now, well, now the world knows what our last name is. <laughs> but the sodas, um, do the, is that E-N or O-N? The what? Oh, the that's sodas. E-N. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sodas. Yeah. No, no. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. Like, okay, so to be fair, I've never been a big boy band. Oh, I'm shocked. I'm so startled. The only one that comes close is Busted from the UK. You liked Westlife, and the only reason why I remember Westlife? that they're the Irish. They you liked them when you were a kid. Westlife. They're an Irish boy band that came out. But again, I only remembered because no, you yep. think you're thinking of busted. I'm not. I I do not recognize any of these people. Okay, you were a child. <laughs> 1998 to 2012. 2012. Okay. Uh, are you are you sure? You sure mm. it's not this? I, I, I dude, I paid zero I attention. It was Allie. I paid zero attention this, to this what you who, guys listened to. This is who I liked in any boy bands, and they were like just a pop band. Think Westlife was Allie. Yeah. Because I, I didn't. I listen. was never really a big boy band person, and I only liked Busted because they had kind of a. a oh, I remember Busted. Now, yeah. but that isn't who I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, I think, the other band. Because you was, went and saw them in concert. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're who I liked, but they were considered a pop punk boy band, which is why I liked them, is because I like pop punk. The other boy bands, I have no. No interest in whatsoever. Anyway, <laughs> this was a weird rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were discussing whether any of us liked boy bands. Where were we? We were talking about the management company, and I don't know where we went. So I like boy bands, but they're just men in bands. So. Oh, really? What boy band do you like? Slipknot. They're yeah, that's all those, men. Those aren't boy bands. I know. I'm kidding. I was. Boy I was. Bands don't play instruments, right? They just sing and like dance around. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to be. You know, She's trying to be silly. I was trying to be funny, but it clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Slipknot's not a boy band. Yeah, come on. 
took me yeah. way too literally. I will say that when I was reading this book, um, the management company's efforts to like make sure that Ruben, wow. man, poor Ruben, I keep forgetting his name. Um, <laughs> Ruben stayed closeted, and that they worked really hard to keep Ruben and Zach away from each other and like keeping them separated. I mean, I get it, and I feel like that is realistic. But at the same time, I look at things like Rammstein, mm -hmm. when they freaking like pretend to sodomize each other on stage or even kiss <laughs> each other. Just like, I was just watching, because they're on tour in Europe, I was just watching a video where one of them, they like, they lean in towards each other and then one of them thinks he's going, the other one's going for a kiss and then the other one doesn't realize they're going for a kiss and then they go and they do the kiss. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys are adorable. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. That. Well, I, I think the weird like in the closet thing, I, Again, it's only because I know this one is gay. Is it made me think of Lance Bass, um, and I think he was required to stay closeted. Oh yeah, while he's yeah. In, in yeah. I mean, like I'm not so, I'm surprised. Yeah. At the same time, when I think of other performances that I've seen, but but those aren't boy bands. Yeah, no, those, those are aren't middle-aged men. Yeah, I was going to say Ramstein. They 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 dealt with a lot of blowback, particularly in the United States, wow. um, yeah. for some of the shit they pulled on stage. Yeah. Or, yeah. States, Maryland, or something. Oh, they got well. They got arrested in one of yeah. the states, and yeah. Wow. And, and, but they're not trying to be teenage heartthrobs. Yeah. They most assuredly are not trying <laughs> to be teenage heartthrobs. But yeah, oh, teenage heartthrobs need to be safe and neutral. We can't have young women questioning their sexuality. They just need to be pining for them. They are Ken dolls on the stage. They are safe to idolize. Yeah. Yeah. So I, said, I know. It was <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> They're all Ken dolls. They don't have real parts. They're just up there to dance and I mean, sing. Yeah, the management company dresses them, chooses how they do their hair. Uh, yeah. They are Ken dolls. Keeps them trapped in their hotel rooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when when boy bands became a thing, which I, I don't even know if they, I mean, I 80s guess, into the 90s. Well, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, I mean, Kind of, you could say the Beatles are a boy band. They yeah. were very popular. They were, but they created themselves. When when boy bands first started coming out, I was so vehemently against them because they don't write their own music. They don't play their own instruments. Yes, they can sing, assuming they're not auto tuned. Um, it was just like this is not a band. Yeah, this is this is people up there performing it's a performance a yeah exactly and and um so yeah i i i was i would not even have given them a chance so are is some of the music catchy yeah sure whatever you hear it you can sing it later um but no there's there's well, to me there's not a lot of skill in in the we well, we don't know the level of, i mean there are some skills they're just not always what you I mean, I'm saying dancing, my yeah. point of view on boy yeah. bands when they first became a thing. You got to yeah. remember, in my lifetime, there was a time before boy bands and a time after, after boy, boy bands. bands. And now yeah. we have the we still have boy bands, but I feel like now the thing is to have uh, Korean, Japanese, well, yeah, fully manufactured. Clearly manufactured. What's the name of the Korean band? That they were just at the White House. Yeah. Danny. Come here. You cannot have chicken. Come 
Murphy yes. says, Murphy says, I'm here. I'm here. You called me. I'm here. But yeah, it's 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 interesting because now instead of having American manufactured boy bands, it is very much Yeah. Other countries. And they like the level that they are manufactured is scary. Mm-hmm. Um But I I think it's actually probably a very similar level. Oh, I'm I think sure. we just don't see it the same way because we're looking at Americans. Well, and they're not as, I don't think they're as transparent about the level of control it requires. Um, well, is at least Korea is very transparent as to the level of control that they have in terms of what they eat, who they partner with. And in, in Japan, they have the different levels. Oh my God. They I mean, we could get into a, what's, what's baby metal, baby metal manufactured. Right. But that's a situation where the Japanese public actually took control of the situation because they were going to kick the girls out of the band and bring in another group of younger girls. And, and, um, cause they actually, they have these, they were an experiment. Well, no, but, but they have these singing groups that once the girls reach a certain age, they are literally removed and another girl that's young brought in until she reaches that age. And and then they brought back out. Moved up the next level. And yeah. And, And when they were going to kick the oldest girl out of baby metal, the Japanese public just lost their shite on the situation. And they actually ended up leaving the girl in the band. Then unfortunately one of the girls had some situation happened. They never really came out with what happened with her, but she kind of disappeared out of the band. Yeah. So there's only two two girls girls now. And then they have a rotating position. Yeah. Anyways, so not about the book. Um, but it's about bands, which yeah, is what, yeah. and, and I don't know if in your guys' because you guys had the hard copies. Oh, uh, no, I had oh. the digital copy from Cloud Library. So I read what the authors wrote in the end. They, they And that's one of the yeah. things I respect about this book. They were writing purposefully for telling, not necessarily a gay story, um, but telling a music industry story. Yeah. They, that that was their goal, was to tell the story of the music industry. And they... they um, I wish then it was a little bit, that actually disappoints me. I wish it was a little bit more and that's gritty. What, yeah. That's, um, then if, if that was their intent, I wish they had yep. punched at it a bit more. Yep. I agree. So Sarah doesn't. I think Sarah's done. <laughs> <laughs> she shrugged for anyone who can't see her at the moment. Which would be all of them. Everybody. Yeah. Just Except for me. She shrugged. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I think we've covered the book pretty well. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. So we'll do our ratings now. Yeah. Well, did anyone have any quotes? I, I did. I, I I highlighted things. Nothing that stood out to you. Yeah. Okay. Sarah, any quotes? Did this like... There were a couple lines I enjoyed, but not. I didn't write them down. Okay. And also because I think there were almost like multiple lines. So it would have been a paragraph. I'm going to write down a pretty paragraph. Uh, so yeah, I just... Uh, no. Okay, so then what is our first category? How exciting. So how exciting did you find it, Sarah? I gave it a four. Okay. I was invested, but not like edge of your seat excitement. Um, especially okay. as like the, well, the one thing too that I never mentioned about this, but like, and I don't know if it was the same for you guys or not, but as I was reading it, like as the management company got like tighter and tighter, it felt like more and more stressful just reading the book. Um, so that also kind of helped propel storyline along so yes it was engaging to me okay kim um i yeah i i would say a four um i agree with the whole it, it was anxiety inducing i think when 
the when the one handler of them, the female that was with them when they were touring, mm-hmm. when she, yeah, I don't remember, but when she ultimately betrayed them, I that was enough to make me angry. It's like they didn't have anybody. Yeah. Well, they did. They had the security guards in the beginning, oh God, and then they got fired. Which I would have like funny because I think they got let go. And then this other security company, no ramifications to the fact that one of their charges got out. And exactly. Got a car. car. Yeah. 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 Where the other ones would have probably handled the situation better and been yeah. able to talk to them in a more personal way. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I, I'll give it a four. I give it a 3.5. I nice to have some more research. Thank you. <laughs> I can't say that I ever found it too who exciting like i would get done to the portion that i was reading like my assigned portion for the day and i was like okay and i you know it's like oh i'll pick this up tomorrow so i never felt the driving need to like finish it but it wasn't like oh my god i can't read this it, it, it was just a little above neutral so next ease of reading okay five there was nothing difficult yeah, about it yeah, I, I say five. It's, it's not designed to be a, a hard read. It's it's young adult. It's I mean, it's a little denser than your typical the, young adult. Yeah, yeah. Some of the romances. Yeah, um, yeah. Usually, like the one I read before was also by Kale Dietrich. Dietrich. I'm sorry. It's alright. I hope he's not listening. To Kale. Like uh, Kale. We're on no first. Well, no, we're, you we're, do. Yeah. I want you to refer to him as Mr. Dietrich from here on out. <laughs> Mr. Dietrich. I'm not even saying I'm sure that either of you are saying the name right. So, because it looks Actually, like Diet Rich. That's how you say Dietrich. Okay. Oh, God, I still can't say it. Um, but yeah, I had read his uh, previous book, one of them, not The Love Interest, but. Uh, no, the newest one. one. What? The new, his newest book. You, you read his newest book. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. What's it called again? Because the, she... The Friend Scheme. Thank you. That book was very, uh, prose-wise, it was very lightweight. It was, like, a lot of dialogue or, like, single-sentence paragraphs or, like, two-sentence paragraphs. So well, that explains why you rated it so low. It was pretty superficial. Um, I still enjoyed it. Not that we're talking about that book. But, um, so jumping from that one, I read that and I was like, oh, then this other book. It's probably going to be something along those lines, and I opened it, and yeah, that's where I was like, oh, this is dense, but still not difficult to read. Okay. Is the point of that. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was the same. It was a five. I think I said that already. Yeah, I don't she know. did. Move on. Um, oh, I, I, I got distracted that. by the name thing. But yeah, it was an easy read. Okay, what's our next one? Emotional reaction. Sarah, what was your emotional reaction? I ended up giving it a five. Okay. I did actually, you know, get emotional several times, which surprised me since at the beginning I was like, oh, this is going to be a slug, perhaps. But, uh, yeah, no. Kim? Um, I would give it a three and a half. Okay. That's spirit. <laughs> so, I did tear up. I was going to say. I was like, bitch, if you change your rules now. <laughs> and that should give it a five. Uh-huh. But... but- God, that miscommunication trope. (laughs) That's also an emotional reaction or frustration. Not a good. It took (laughs) it down to a four. Mm. If I hadn't hated the, if it hadn't been a hundred pages, you're amending your rules. No, no, no. If it had, if she ever says this book made me cry, so I'm giving it a five, I'm gonna be like, 
No, normally, <laughs> normally that's the, that is the, the norm. This one fell out of the norm because I got to that page 100. I was like, oh my God, if this miscommunication trope does not wrap up soon, I am done. And it did. And it did. But that's how annoyed I was. Are you writing? Oh no, you're kind of like, I was like, are you writing down my own words? It sounded like you said cuddling. I was like, I am coloring in this flower. I'm coloring. But, I am not cuddling. But unfortunately, my massive displeasure at the execution of the miscommunication trope means that it was no more than a four for me. Okay, so I have a question now because yes. your massive displeasure with something you miscommunication. said. Miscommunication. No, but. You said with the execution of this miscommunication. Have you ever encountered a book, or do you have an idea of how miscommunication would work? Miscommunication made more sense in this book than I've seen it used in other books. The execution was not an issue for me. Oh, that's good. (laughs) But you don't mind miscommunication. I didn't notice it when it's really stupidly thrown in there for no reason. Yes, but you like you. You're more forgiving on miscommunication than I am. Well, that's because I myself. I'm a miscommunicator. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't think of one off the top of my head. I have come across it a few times where I went, okay, that was... Just No, because it was like <laughs> one we did a few episodes ago. We were like, but this is a miscommunication. I'm like, I don't know. I liked it this time. Yeah, um, I feel like you remember that, but I don't remember what book it is. I don't remember what book it is. Yeah. I don't anyway, I was yeah. just curious. But, or if, if you've ever thought of it from a writing perspective of how it would work. I just, I don't... Okay. I don't mind it when it is, what book was it? I don't, I hate when it gets dragged. If it's a momentary miscommunication or like if there's clear, like, and like, like butting heads where it just feels organic that those two characters would truly take that long to miscommunicate. I believe it. A hundred pages of, Oh, he's being offish. Oh, no, no, I'm actually, you know, the, 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 like, weird, like, every time one of them got close to communicating, they decided the other one was acting weird, and so then they backed off, and then the other person was like, oh, he's backed off even more. We're never going to talk about this. So then it just, like, I okay. just, I was just curious. Yeah. You don't have to go it, any further than that. I was just. No, there's something about miscommunication where I'm like, okay, I cannot, and particularly when it's a primary plot point. If it's a side plot point, I don't mind, but when it's pretty primary, just fucking talk to each other. You're human beings. I can't believe that you're taking this long to talk to each other. This doesn't stem from me telling you through your entire childhood. Just just, just talk to the person. Yeah, yeah. Tragedy is not going to ensue if you express yourself. Yeah. Um, Meaning these days as an adult or these days as in like the 2022 Do you think everybody communicates better now these days, no, or saying, you as because you've progressed into being an adult, it's no, easier to I'm communicate? No, I'm saying that sometimes if you speak your mind or try to, someone comes back with an assault rifle and shoots you. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, wow. that, 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 that can be that can be a danger. It can be. Um. <laughs> anyway, so anyway. <laughs> I felt, because I started watching Stranger Things season three, I felt bad for them that they had to do that disclaimer at the beginning yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the, the opening scene in that, oh. in that episode is intense. But anyway. Anyways. You don't watch Stranger Things? I saw, like, through season two. and I Well, season know. three just came out 
like this week. Season four. Oh, is it season yeah. four? Yeah, season oh, four. Okay. I didn't watch any of season three. I didn't care at that point. And oh, then, okay. Yeah. Anyways, anyway, not on topic whatsoever. Other than the weird assault rifle that came into it. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> I'm just saying. You're going to get fine to express yourself and tragedy won't happen. So, well, no, I meant interpersonal that. tragedy. I'm sorry. I, I wasn't. <laughs> sorry. I was getting out again. Yes. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm not the biggest in uh, interpersonality. God. I'm not the biggest miscommunication trope it's not it's not my favorite now one bed i'm all for one bed forced proximity yes um miscommunication no what is your overall rating sarah i ended up giving it a five okay it definitely started as a three and then i was like maybe a four four point five and then by the end of it i had gotten emotional enough times so i was like i guess i technically have to give it a five at this point follow your usual rules which apparently is not set in stone <laughs> I actually gave it a three. Um, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it was. It, it was. As young adult, you, it like is furthest from your point in life as it could almost possibly be. I mean, you still have a couple more decades before it. I was gonna say I could die tomorrow. You're right. It's about as far from my life as you can get at this point. I am just heading downhill from here. I said you still have a few decades, so like yeah. you could get further, but like you are not bonding with your teenage self. Um, so. <laughs> if you ever I'm not bonding with my teenage self. Is that what this is supposed to do when yeah, I read yeah. this as an adult? Um, these characters yeah. could not be any further from how I functioned in my teenage life. I know, life. that's what I said. You're not bonding uh, they, with your... The I, I would say that is... anything that you guys are reading that is young adult that you're making me read is more of a 20s yeah. to 2010s type of teenager. And I'm Gen X. No, this the closest is we've not... gotten is Dante and Aristotle, and that's only because he kept making 80s references. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, for me, this book was a four. The ending, almost, like, there was an emotional connection, and I almost had to recognize that I needed to give it a five, but then I just kept thinking about that freaking beginning, those first hundred pages, and I just... All right, it's let it not go. perfection. It's okay. let it so go. I could not give it a five star, much to Sarah's frustration because I did tear up. So rules are meant to be broken. I broke my own rule. Why even have rules then? To break them. <laughs> Thought you made it pretty clear. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Any other final yes. thoughts? Yes. I do have a final thought. The food. The food. The food. Yes. It was like perfect on paper where she kind of had described, I don't know if this was Sophie or if this was Kale, my BFFs, I'm going to refer to her first names. <laughs> um, but like perfect on paper, they talked about the thick hot chocolate and they also talked about like the fairy bread and the fish food and stuff like that. And I remember wanting to eat those things, which, which we did. <laughs> um, but then in this book, they also, whoever it was, Went into detail about some salted butter caramels or something. Which oh, really those chocolates. They were talking about French chocolate. Yeah. I remember that now. Well, not uh, chocolate. It was caramel. Was it? Yeah, it was salted butter caramel. I know because I wrote it down. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then I, I tried to find it online. German. No, it was oh, French. It was French. Oh, okay. from Maison de Rue. And I looked it up. They don't ship to the U.S. And it's like <laughs> 20 euros for a bag. I would have bought them. But I can't. So that... 
I remember that now that you mentioned it. And and European sweets are so, so good. good. Yes, that's why I want some. Oh, Maybe my God. Maybe we can figure out if we can yeah, obtain they, some. They mentioned, like, Black Forest Hot Cocoa, which he never actually tried. So we didn't get a detailed description of that. And then the Stroop Waffles. Oh, oh those are yeah, phenomenal. No, yeah. Well. Oh, my like, God. I miss Belgium so much sometimes. But yeah, so yeah, the food thing came into play again. It did. I, yeah. It didn't. It not as as good as perfect on. It was perfect on paper. Though. Yeah, yeah. Not as good as that one was yeah. done. But yes, I remember going. Yep. This person, whoever's writing this, has actually been to Europe and had European candy because so good. Yeah, yeah. That's the best thing about our friends visiting from from Germany is they always bring us That's German why I'm chocolates. That's why I might be able to obtain you some. We we might have to go. We might have some in, but we might be able to get some shipped to the U.S. Um, we, we just I don't know how it would probably easier for them to get German chocolate. Uh, um, no, they might, they might be able to get a hold of it. Well, the, I mean, they ship with They're going to be like, but... why would they want French chocolate when they can yeah. have German? Caramels. Caramel. French caramels. Oh, no. German caramels. Yeah, but the ones in the book. They I'm actually not... took us to a, the manufacturing plant of, I can't remember the name of the chocolate now. And so we went and bought it in bulk. When we were there. Oh, you weren't there. You I didn't go not. with us. Oh, However, God. we can have this discussion after the fact. It has very little to do with what we're doing. And we are <laughs> at our... to do with the book? We are at our time limit here. Just let us finish. We're almost done. Go. So, on that note, our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Book Pile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can also email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.